Welcome to the MyCode Podcast. I am your host, Sergio Delamo. I am uh, here today with uh, Marcus Kett. Uh, hello, Marcus. Uh, Marcus is the CEO of uh, MicroStream and many other things. You organize also... How many conferences do you organize, Marcus? Yeah, hi, Sergio. And uh, thanks for having me in your podcast. It's really my pleasure. Um, yes, I'm... Uh, um, I, my, I'm a co-organizer of the uh, JCon conference, so I, here I'm uh, also co-founder and uh, involved in the organization of the conference. Uh, but this is pretty much the only conference I'm organizer for. There was like a recently like an online JCon conference, uh, but uh, you are coming back in 2023 with an in-person event, right? Oh yes. Uh, so we started uh, in in Düsseldorf. Uh, in Germany uh, with the on-site conference in the multiplex cinema. Then during the, the COVID uh, pandemic, uh, we started an online edition. And this was so successful that we now keep the um, online edition, but we come back in uh, in June with the on-site conference in Germany. So the location is uh, not defined, but we will be back in a multiplex cinema. That's great. Let's start, before we talk about MicroStream, let's start by uh, covering the agenda. So for agenda, so I know that MicroStream has been sponsoring and having presence in, and you have been talking in many, many conferences through the uh, 2022. Uh, are you, do you have anything in upcoming before the end of the year on your end? Are you talking in any conferences? So uh, actually the talks are over for, for this year. So uh, we were perhaps attend the um, AWS conference in Las Vegas, uh, but only as uh, participants. Cool. Enjoy. That's, uh, I believe, it's end of the month. In uh, It should be reinvent, right? So we will be there with the cluster, with our cluster team because we currently work on a microstream cluster um, and this will also run on AWS. Cool. Um, so if, so Marco doesn't have any upcoming talks, but they have like a great uh, YouTube channel. So if you go in YouTube and you search for MicroStream, you will find the official MicroStream YouTube channel. And they have like uh, many conferences, not just from Marcus, but also from uh, others uh, in the team. So Florian as well. In the Micronode uh, end of things, uh, we have uh, three training events. We have Micronode Data um, training event, which is next week. So we are recording this uh, November the 3rd. Uh, I will probably publish the podcast episode on Monday the 7th. So if you listen to this in the morning, you will be still on time to register to the uh, training uh, that will cover micro data. Uh, then we have another training event uh, in November, which will be um, uh, taught by my colleague uh, Zachary Klein. And that will be November uh, 14th until November the 17th. Uh, and last but not least, uh, we will do a micro essential. So that's kind of our introduction to micro. That's great if you have uh, people that you would like to to get started with micro for the first time or, or you just have heard about micro, but you are haven't really uh, give it a try that's uh, we do it uh, in from the 12th of december until the 15th uh, and i will teach that myself as well um, so hopefully we are able to see you in any of those events uh, you can register to those uh, directly in the micro website so if you go to uh, to micronaut.io and you go to our events you will find links to all those training events there and we have also like a professional training 
option in the menu um, where you will find those. And uh, with the agenda out of the way, uh, Marcus, let's go to the main topic. In the main topic, uh, so I uh, told you already that Marcus is the uh, CEO of MicroStream. And if you have not heard about MicroStream, what is MicroStream, Marcus? MicroStream is a persistence library. And so we call it MicroPersistent because it's very small. It's a Java library. You can include it into, um, into any Java project very easily. And it's for storing object graphs. So with MicroStream, you can store any kind of uh, object graph, any size, any complexity into any um, persistence, uh, into any data storage. Databases, plain files, um, even uh, distributed caches or Kafka can be used as uh, a storage. And vice versa, MicroStream allows to load any subgraph dynamically and restore it in memory when it's needed. And um, so this concept allows us to use the object graph in memory as an in-memory database. And uh, so we, with Java Streams, we have a great uh, query language that allows us to query and filter on object graphs. And searching object graphs with Streams API is super fast. So um, all operations are executed in microseconds. And by the way, this is... Uh, also, a reason why we call it micro system, uh, micro stream. Uh, so, because everything is micro, uh, microsecond query time, micros storage size, so everything is micro. For anyone who haven't heard, uh, the way I like to think about it is so, whenever you like start like developing a Java application, you probably don't start with a database and you're like just uh, returning in your code like just Java objects that you are like hard coding. And the beauty of MicroStream is that essentially that's it. So you have your object graph and uh, you can just persist it and upon application restart, it will work, right? So it's like kind of a replacement solution for your persistent layer. So you can, instead of like using a relational database, you just can have your Java objects and just persist them. And yes, all of us, we have experienced that when you are with Java objects, everything is incredibly fast. That's what you get. You can load a lot of... Uh, so maybe you are asking yourself, but uh, do I have to load everything in memory? And as Marcus said, you can like load uh, parts of your uh, graph. Uh, so you don't have like to load everything immediately uh, in memory. So if your application has like a huge, huge persistence uh, and you are afraid like uh, every time you like start your application, uh, you are gonna have to load everything to like serve the first request. You can load like partials, parts uh, of the graph. You, the, the solution is built uh, is basically like uh, is kind of like uh, the concept of serialization in Java, but you you wrote your own module, right? So it's kind of your own uh, serialization solution that is using just Java, right? Yeah, exactly. So we follow the system prevalence pattern which means you keep the data objects in memory and um, yeah, use Java um, as a powerful programming language to, uh, for data processing in memory. Um, and everything we do uh, in Java is super fast. And then using serialization to create a snapshot of your system state. This is the system prevalence uh, concept, actually. But creating um, 
a snapshot of your entire system state, this is uh, not really um, working in practice. So with MicroStream, we only serialize uh, and create a snapshot of the the changes on your object graph. And we serialize the delta, only the delta uh, is stored uh, in a binary format persistently on disk. And the same vice versa, when we load data, we never, um, you can, you can load your entire um, database into the memory. So this would work, but in practice, you only load um, subgraphs when they are needed with lazy loading. So then you never have to load your entire system state and recover your entire system state in memory. Uh, and uh, this is why MicroStream is highly efficient um, and uh, allows us uh, to work with uh, even huge uh, storage sizes at the same time when you have only some megabyte uh, memory, for instance, if you run a serverless function with only 512 uh, megabyte of memory, so this will also work. How old is the the technology and, and the company that you built around the technology? We started the MicroStream project almost 10 years ago uh, when we worked on um, on a Java on a visual Java development environment. Um, so this was the initial idea. And uh, to simplify and accelerate database programming, we worked on the JBoss Hibernate tools. We tried to simplify and accelerate it. Um, but um, the problem is uh, the core concept of object, object relational mapping uh, is, is linked to many challenges. And so this is the reason why we started the MicroStream um, project 10 years ago. And um, almost two years later, um, the first companies use MicroStream in production. And then in 2019, we decided to found a company, uh, build a company around the project and launch the uh, MicroStream as, as, a, as a software product. And then um, in uh, last year, we have open sourced MicroStream. Um, and then uh, we were able to uh, to commit to, to, to the Micronaut project. And so this is, uh, was a, a great milestone for us, very important. And so we are very proud to uh, commit to the Micronaut project and uh, be, being part of this Micronaut story. That's fantastic. Uh, MicroStream is a sponsor of the Micro Foundation. Uh, we have a MicroStream module, which I will talk uh, later more about. I just want to, uh, so this, so MicroStream is being already used by many clients in production already for a long time. So this is not something that even it, it has been recently open sourced. Uh, the technology itself is solid and has been used by many clients in production for a long time already. Yes, it's really production proof and uh, used for a long time in very uh, business critical projects. And as, as I mentioned, um, it was a, um, a library that we used internally uh, for in production, but mostly internally for our, uh, for our projects, our customer projects. And uh, it worked so great. And the, the numbers, the, the performance is so incredible. Uh, so when, when I saw the numbers for the first time, I, I thought this must be a mistake because um, <laughs> we we measured actually not the performance of MicroStream. We measured the time. How long does it take to search an object graph with Java streams? And most Java developers say, I, I can imagine. So this is 
must be really fast. And so, and when we measured um, uh, the performance, then we saw it's it's always micros, uh, microseconds. So no matter which complexity object graph has, and no matter how many data you have in uh, in a memory, it takes microseconds. And this is around thousand x faster than a comparable JPA query. This is incredible. Uh, so we are wondering how can this be true and uh, why is it not used in, in practice so far? And the answer is uh, very simple. It's because there is no technology on the market to store an object graph as it is in memory. So in all of these databases, um, all databases, they use their own proprietary um, data structure or format. And these formats are not compatible with job object graphs. So in, in any case, you need a mapping or a data conversion between your app and your data storage. And this uh, is linked to latency. It takes uh, mostly milliseconds and with JPA, um, with the JPA approach. Uh, so if you use an object relational mapping framework like Hibernate, it doubles your query time. And this is the reason why uh, traditional database applications with Java are often so slow. And with MicroStream, we we do a shortcut. So we use the native obje object model, the memory model of the Java Wilton machine. We use the object graph. So we can use all Java types. You can use collections, do whatever you like, whatever is possible in Java. And MicroStream will be able to store it and restore it in memory when it's needed. And this is actually the only thing, the missing piece of puzzle that MicroStream adds um, to um, the functionality Java provides. Object graphs, Java streams. So we were not forced to invent our own query language because we have Java streams API with Java version 8. So uh, the perfect query language, um, it's... It's a type safe, fully object oriented, super powerful, um, and it's even faster when you um, when you run multiple CPUs. So with parallel streams, it's incredible fast. It's unbeatable, and so this is the reason um, why we believe uh, it's for many use cases um, a great solution if you need incredible performance. So one of the things that you mentioned in the beginning that uh, the first time I heard about MicroStream was a bit confusing to me is, so you have like your application and you, ha you have like your data in memory. We, we all understand that. And then there comes the moment to serialize the data, right? And what Marcus said in the beginning is, so you can serialize to disk, that's, you probably will do that when you are like working in your local development machine. But if you are like deploying your application to a cloud, uh, you can serialize and save it into something like S3, but you can also like serialize and save it to something like uh, DynamoDB or your relational database. Even if you are not using, uh, even if you are just using your DynamoDB as a kind of a place to save the data, right? Uh, that is decoupled from your instance that is running, right? Uh, but that's kind of like places where you can serialize and save your data into, but you are not like using the the relational database API to query your data or anything like that. So that's kind of only like, that's like a storage solution, but the way you are querying your data is just 
as you are used to in Java and as Marcus said with the uh, Java Stream API, which was added in, in version 8, which is fantastic. Uh, so you don't have to learn anything new. So for querying the language, you will use what you are used to, just Java way of navigating like collections and, and maps and things like that. Uh, and you just tell Microsoft team, I want when you serialize this delta. So it's the way I like to think is the same as when you are like working with uh, Git that you are like saving the difference between your repo. This is kind of the same thing. You are like saving the difference between how the object graph was before and how it's after. And you just save it somewhere and you and you tell Microsoft team, I want to save my data to disk or I want to save my data to this storage solution that I have here available for me. For example, DynamoDB or something like that. Uh, but it's not like you are using DynamoDB as kind of um, for anything more than persistence. Wh one of the main things that you talk in... So the, the website of Microsoft team is microsteam.one uh, uh, and you can find like the user documentation there uh, one of the key concepts is the, because this is an object graph, right? Uh, there has to be like a starting point of the object graph, right? Can you explain to the audience what is uh, what is the root object uh, and and especially one one thing important that so, so when you are working with MicroStream and especially when you are working in a multi-threaded application such as Micronaut, right? When you can have like multiple requests coming at the same time, uh, uh, when you pers when you persist, you have to like synchronized basically uh, so that is safe uh, uh, to, to basically uh, save that uh, and you have to tell Microsteam uh, which object do you have to save right if it's like a new object what is the rule Marcus help me out so if it's a new object you have to save the owner if you are like modifying an object you have to save the object itself yes um, so uh, the, the functional principle is very simple so there are no um requirements to your classes first of all so uh, just use plain java objects just java classes no annotations no super classes uh, no interfaces to implement and and this by the way is the reason uh Sergio, you mentioned it already we have written our own serialization from scratch uh, it's because uh, you don't have to implement uh, serializable so you can use all java types and uh, serialize it so we uh, we serialize only the delta that the changes on the object graph, and there is only one rule uh, that's important, and uh, this is uh, you have to store uh, the owner. Which means if you have a collection and you change an object in your collection, you have to store your collection. That's it. That's uh, everything you have to know. And uh, you you mentioned it already. So uh, with MicroStream you. You need um, a MicroStream instance, so the code to write is very simple. So you need a MicroStream instance and the root object, and all objects that are reachable from this root object can be stored by MicroStream and by calling only one store method. And you, as a developer, you decide when um, the changes are stored. So it's recommended to store always after. Um, there is a changing on your object graph because otherwise you can lose uh, data. So uh, if there are any changes, call a store method and then MicroStream serializes um, the changes um, and stores a binary, a new binary uh, file into your file storage, which means we store all changes appended to your file storage. 
So we never overwrite data in a storage like um, relational databases do. So we store all changes appended to your file storage. So, and this is the reason why MicroStream is also transaction safe. So each um, store is atomic, non or nothing operation. Um, if it's successful, you get a commit from, uh, from the API. If it fails, actually nothing happens. So then uh, there is a corrupt uh, file on your file storage, but that's it. We, in the API, you will find a rollback on the op for the object graph and our file-based garbage collector will remove the, um, the corrupt files from your file storage to keep the file storage small. Um, yes, and so there are no um, requirements to your classes, no rules, but there is a paradigm shift, of course, a paradigm shift in database programming because your object graph in memory is now your in-memory database. You don't query a remote database server, so this is changing with MicroStream. All queries are executed on your object graph and um, because of MicroStream, it's not a database management system. Yes, you have to care for um, concurrency, um, but Java provides um, yeah, various solutions to, uh, to handle uh, concurrency. So we do not provide something specific for that. So uh, this is the reason why we wanted to build a storage engine that is um, only responsible for storing and reloading your object graph, nothing else not to become the next database management system. Um, so Java provides everything actually we need uh, to care for concurrency and your business logic becomes your database management system. I would like to talk about what we have built to integrate MicroStream with the MyCode framework. Um, so as the audience may know, we have, uh, so MyCode is a, a modularized uh, framework and we have many framework, many modules. And one of the modules, if you go to docs.micron.ir, you will find like a module pointing to MicroStream. Uh, and if you click that, you will find the documentation. So what we have done is a couple of things. So as Marcus said, when you work with MicroStream, you have like to create like a MicroStream instance and you have to tell the instance like, this is my root object graph. So imagine if you have like a, I don't know, if you have like a bookshop, uh, you could have like a, like a, an object that's, has like a collection of uh, books and then has a collection of orders and I don't know, it has like some objects to track the inventory, right? So that will be like your root object. So we have done in, in MyCode is we support a MyCode application that uses MicroStream to have like multiple instances. So if you want, for whatever reason, to decouple uh, your instances and have one instance to do something, another one, you can do that. Uh, for a user, in order to use Micronaut MicroStream, you just have to add one dependency to your annotation processor class path. That's Micronaut uh, MicroStream's annotation. And then uh, another dependency to your compile class path, which is Micronaut MicroStream. We need the, the annotations once because we have some uh, specific annotations which I will uh, cover in a second. So once you add the dependencies, uh, which to be honest, the easiest way to add those dependencies is if you go to launch.micro.io or if you are the person who prefers the command line tool, you go to our micro CLI uh, and you select the microstream feature and those dependencies will be uh, included for you. So once you have the dependencies in place, the next steps is configuration. Uh, so you have 
as uh, I was describing, you can have multiple entries. Uh, so you will have like you will have like something like micro micro microstream dot storage dot bookshop that bookshop you can call it whatever you want, and then you uh, tell uh, which is your root class, which basically you will specify uh, the class name, so including the package, uh, and that way we will instantiate a microstream instance for you. And we will we will tell like this is my your root class. So that's everything you have in place. Then you have, as Marcus said, you have your object. You don't need any spe uh, special annotations uh, in place for using microstream. You can use uh, the micronote annotations that you are used to in your POJO. So, for example, if you want to generate at build time meta information about your POJOs with the at introspective annotation, that's completely fine. That's compatible with microstream. There is no collision, no issues to use those. So that's Microstream really allows you to define your POYOS as you are used to or as you prefer to. Uh, and then in order to save the objects, the so in order to query, you don't have to do anything special. You just query as you are used to you with your JavaStream APIs, with your access patterns, as you are used to with when you are like programming and using Java in general. And then in order to uh, simplify persistence, we give you two options. Either you can go low manage, low, low level, and we uh, basically declare a bin of type storage manager, which is a class uh, provided by Microstream. Uh, so if you want to inject that bin in your controllers or in your uh, in your singletons, you can inject it and use it directly. Or the other way, and that's my preferred way, is you use annotations, which they kind of uh, basically simplify a little bit uh, working with this. And we have annotations for Essentially, as we were discussing before with Marcus, uh, whenever you change your object graph, you have to tell Microstream to basically persist it. And we have annotations. We have an annotation called uh, at store return, which will store the return uh, object of a method. And we have another annotation called at store params, which you can use to storm a parameter of a method. And what we will do is we will like. Uh, uh, we have like a method interceptor, which will basically execute that method synchronized so that you can like execute the logic in the method for man for basically imagine you are half a book and you are like changing the author of the book or the description. You just change the description inside the method and then you just return the book and you annotate that method with add store return. And we will take care of synchronizing the method execution and telling Microsteam that they, they need to like... Uh, store a delta uh, because the book has changed and that's everything basically is you just have to think about that rule like you have to change uh, if you are like adding like an object to a collection you have to save the collection if you are like modifying as i was telling my example like if you are like modifying something in an instance you just have to install uh, to basically uh, save that instance and that's it and there is nothing more that you have to do. That's the magic. Uh, and one thing that you will probably want to do when you are like testing it for the first time, if you have to uh, tell Microsteam where it should serialize that object graph, and the easiest way to do that uh, is to like specify a folder in your laptop or in your computer, and that's you will like specify something like Microsteam bookshop storage directory is my desktop uh, or, or whatever folder you want to, to do. And once you execute your application, you will see that 
uh, Microsoft will save files there, right? So the first thing that you will do, because that's the first thing that every one of us does when you are using Microsoft Team for the first time, is you will uh, save something in your application and shut down the application and start it again. And you will see that the data is still there, right? And that's the idea. So this is a persistent solution. And the data, of course, will be there upon application restart. One thing that, uh, because this is not like a database, so you cannot use like a, a database a graphical user interface to check the data that is being saved. But one great thing that they did is they provide like a graphical user interface. Yes, this is a modern application. And uh, so it allows you to browse through your uh, storage data. So what we did is, so they they have done one great thing, which is they have decoupled the graphical user interface from from MicroStream and you essentially will download uh, like this uh, graphical user interface in your computer. And what we did is we have another module called REST API, which will expose the REST API that can be consumed by your graphical user interface. And you will typically use this in development. Uh, and we have instructions in the documentation about how to add this uh, to your application. And that way you can see how the object is being saved. And especially when you are learning about Microsoft for the first time, I will strongly recommend you to, to, to add this to your project because that will give you like, a, it will click. So you will instantly understand how Microsoft is uh, saving. Uh, so do, we have like two things. So on the one hand, we have like the dependencies to work with Microsoft. Then we have an extra dependency to basically connect to this graphical user interface. And then we have a couple of uh, extra uh, things in the Micronaut Microsoft implementation. So we have integration with the health endpoint. So in a Microsoft application, in the moment you add the dependency uh, uh, Microsoft management, we will expose like a health endpoint. Uh, so endpoints in Micronaut are similar to Spring Boot actuators if you are new to Micronaut. Uh, so you can... Um, uh, the health endpoint in Micronaut, uh, it aggregates uh, several like health checks uh, and Microstream, Micronaut Microstream will provide like a health check for each of the, your Microstream instances. So in the moment you add that, uh, that will be uh, in place for you. Uh, and as I was saying before, we support like having uh, multiple instances uh, of Microstream in a single Micronaut application. And if you have like two Microstream instances in your Micronaut application, you will have like two entries in your health endpoint uh, details. Another thing that we provide is uh, integration with the with the micrometer metrics. Um, so that's, again, if you are uh, using Micronaut and Micrometer and you're using Microstream, that will be also included automatically. And the last thing is, so this is in terms of if you want to use Micronaut, uh, Microstream as your persistent engine. Then we have another thing, which is... Uh, the cache uh, solution can you uh, and this is you can use uh, in addition to using Micronaut Microstream or you can use just Microstream cache if you want like to try it and what will be the, the benefit for users to use a uh, Microstream uh, as the cache uh, solution for for Micronaut? That this part is perhaps a little bit confusing for some developers because on one hand we uh, we go away from the object relational uh, principle uh, and on the other hand uh, microstream uh, can be used as a jcash and it's uh, jcash comp compatible and it's a jcash provider why uh, i mean um, 
it was doable, <laughs> honestly. So uh, MicroStream um, is compatible to the Jcash specification, and so it can be used um, as a Jcash provider, and you can uh, use it uh, to replace EHCash in your Hibernate application, for instance. Uh, this is uh, what we had in mind uh, because we we still work on this open source uh, visual development environment. It's called Rapid Clips um, for building uh, beautiful graphical user interfaces and uh, accelerating database programming. Um, and there we used um, we still use Hibernate uh, and EH Cache. And MicroStream is um, it's faster uh, than EHCache, and this was the reason why uh, we wanted um, MicroStream to have as a, a also JCache provider. Um, yeah, so this can be a drop-in replacement, so you can check it out uh, if you like it um, and if it works for you. For those who have never used MyCodeCache, so that's, again, another module of the MyCode framework, but if you are like working with a, a database and some of your queries are slow, Sometimes what you will want to do is like, I don't know, if you have like a newspaper, a website and your news uh, are not changing like constantly, you can cache some of the output of the methods. So typically what you will do is you will annotate some of your method with a, at cacheable. Uh, and we support uh, as um, Marcus was describing. So micro cache is basically built on top of supporting uh, JSR uh, 107, so that's the Jcache uh, specification, and you can use either EHCache, as Matt was saying, or Hazelcast or InfiniSpan. Another one that you can use is MicroStream. So this is a drop-in replacement, so you don't have to change any of your code. You just will use um, MicroStream at one of, of those. And the nice thing is that what you will get out of the box is you will get caches that can be restored upon application restart uh, because the yeah this is like if you have uh, getting back to the newspaper application so if you are like caching and you for whatever reason you have to restart your application uh, the cache will be restored uh, fr from the persistent uh, solution of microstream so that's one great thing that you get out of the box um uh, yeah the reason we uh, we added to Micronaut MicroStream is because we think it's a nice uh, solution for cache and also because I think it's a great uh, kind of gateway drug and kind of like uh, showing how easy it is to use MicroStream and that is a technology that works. That my, my, my idea is that people will give it a try, maybe start with the cache and then they see that this thing is great, this thing works and then we can uh, uh, try it out for our for, for basically using as our persistent solution. And what people will see is that it heavily simplifies persistence in an application. And as Marcus said, it's kind of a paradigm shift uh, for all of us who uh, grew like building applications with a relational database. We are like always like in our mind how are going to map these entities to the database and creating that list. This is kind of uh, getting rid of all those constraints and just thinking, no, no, this is my object graph, like in Java. And I, I don't need to like think about how are going to map this thing to tables in a database and these two rows in the tables. Um, 
So yeah, this is uh, hopefully um, you can check it out. Uh, I wanted to point something else. Uh, so we have a, a MyCode guide. Uh, so MyCode guides for those new to the podcast are these step-by-step tutorials. Uh, I will include a link to in the show notes. So I will include a link in the show notes to MicroStream and and the guide. But basically, uh, we will show you like how to use MicroStream to a microting combination to persist. Uh, uh, and I think it will be like a really nice tutorial to do and it's really like an only like 20 minutes commitment um, you can do it in your lunch break and hopefully this will be like something else to like uh, the next time like you are considering a persistent solution for your project and uh, you can think about microstream and micronaut and 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 this i mean this will have like huge imp- so one of the things is uh, so on the one hand you save like development time because you are heavily simplifying persistent but also it's like you are saving a lot of money as well uh, so one of the main things that you, you, whenever I talk to Marcus the things that your clients see is that they save a lot of money in in cloud expenses right yes uh, that that's true uh, and uh, the reason is um, the performance of microstream so um, the uh, microstream core framework is built um, as a a single node storage. Um, and we also now introduce um, a Micronaut cluster solution. Uh, but um, even with micro, MicroStream uh, as a single storage, uh, the performance is so incredible fast that uh, we can replace uh, multiple traditional storage machines. So working with Hibernate and EHCache, for instance, uh, and uh, together with a relational database, um, so some of our customer, uh, customers, they, um, they save up to 90% of infrastructure costs because of uh, one microstream machine in combination with Micronaut um, can handle the same workload as 10 or 20 traditional uh, distributed uh, nodes using uh, object relational mapping and relational database. And um, with MicroStream as a cluster solution, there is even more um, potential to to save CPU power and machines and infrastructure costs because of we use the object graph in memory as a memory database, which means our data are already in memory. And now we uh, are able to replicate the object graph through even hundreds of JVMs which means we do not need a distributed cache anymore. So most of these traditional um, database architecture, um, they, they use um, a distributed um, application nodes, they use um, a distributed cache for caching data, and they use a distributed database. Uh, and with MicroStream cluster, which, by the way, uh, bases on, on Micronaut, we only need one application cluster it clusters your database already so you don't need a database cluster anymore you don't need a distributed cache anymore uh, you, you only need um, a distributed micronaut um, application and this is uh, generated by microstream cloud automatically which means with uh, microstream cloud you will get a Micronaut distributed application out of the box. It will be generated automatically in the, uh, the complete infrastructure. Um, and you 
just deploy your Micronaut app uh, and it runs as a distributed um, application or microservice. Uh, it can scale automatically. Um, so we provide um, scale out, automatically scale out, scale in. Um, so it's simple to configure, to provision your nodes uh, and run uh, Micronaut and MicroStream um, cluster. And there are only three main questions left. So we haven't talked about, but I think it's very important. So because may, uh, most developers, they, they ask, okay, okay, it sounds cool, but uh, what happens if I change my classes? Correct. This is very important to mention. Um, and uh, here we provide um, so-called legacy type mapping. So no worry about that uh, class changes. It's uh, solved by MicroStream automatically through runtime. Because MicroStream, if if, if you if MicroStream loads an object, it always compares your object with your class. So if your class changes, MicroStream has a heuristic that can handle the simple cases automatically. Which means if you add a field, rename or remove a field, it can be handled by MicroStream. For more complex cases, you can define a legacy type mapping, and then you store your object um, again, and then uh, you have a new version of your object uh, in in your file storage. And uh, MicroStream provides a kind of like file storage garbage collector that removes the older versions from your storage to to keep your uh, your storage um, small. The, the mapping is similar to, so for people like when you work like with a relational database and you are using something like Liquibase or Flyweight like to keep track of the changes of your table, a Liquibase you will typically create like an XML migration where you will say, I added this column to this table. Uh, in MicroStream is kind of the same, right? So you can create like a configuration that say this class yeah, changed, I don't know, like I renamed this a string uh, author to a stream like I don't know main author and then I added this other string called secondary author and you can like define you you can tell MicroStream how one field was renamed right yes so th this is very easy to to use very easy to handle um, and so everything happens uh, through runtime so you never have to stop your application refactor your entire database and so um, this is very convenient and easy to use. Um, we talked already about replication. So this is a new feature. And um, in combination with micro, Micronaut, so we believe this is um, fantastic. And uh, um, you built a, a great integration, so really beautiful integration. And so we can focus on the core functionality, and this is um, under the hood, storing and reloading the object graph uh, and subgraphs when, when needed, and um, using Micronaut as a as a great framework to build the the um, the application uh, logic and uh, microservice logic. And so uh, this was our intention when we when we built MicroStream. Uh, we built it on separation of concern, focusing only on our job, which is um, um, storing and loading object graphs, um, nothing else. Everything is provided by Java or by Micronaut, and the combination is absolutely incredible. Fantastic. Is there anything else that uh, you think we should mention before we wrap it up? 
Um, conclusion is really um, performance is incredible. Um, it's a paradigm shift in, uh, in in database programming, but the good the good news are um, it's much easier because all of other technologies you have to learn new things. With with MicroStream you don't have to learn new things. It's core Java. Everything is based on core Java. The 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 biggest challenge for developers is not to think as a database programmer. So uh, don't think about relational. What, what you have ever heard about relational databases and tables and columns and um, constraints? Think like a Java developer. Think object oriented. Um, then uh, that's the way. It's the, the, the way to go. Um, you can do everything with Java and trust Java. Use everything that Java provides and MicroStream will be able to store and to reload it. And the, the, the slowest part of MicroStream is um, input-output. Um, so when we access um, the, the, the disk, of course, um, but it's highly efficient. So it's much faster than uh, relational databases in terms of storing data uh, and, and loading data because of our high efficient serialization. It's pretty much the same performance of your infrastructure. Um, so you will uh, get out the max of your infrastructure. It's very easy to implement, no requirements to your classes, just pochos, no interfaces to implement. Um, core Java features. It's uh, for Java developers really fun to develop it. Um, it's fully object-oriented programming model. Yeah, and together with Micro Micronaut, um, the, a great solution for building um, applications and microservices. As Marcus said, so it's don't be intimidated. So it is a paradigm but it's not like you have you don't have to learn a ton of new things. It's mostly like a change in the way you think. Uh, and this is kind of uh, same thing that you when you delete code that you no longer need. This is kind of the same thing. So it's like you know how like how to build like, how to build applications that use a relational database, and suddenly you realize that there is a technology that allows you to build applications without that part, uh, which is uh, great. So. I will include link uh, in the show notes uh, to learn more. So I encourage you to visit microstream.one. Uh, also to check out the YouTube channel of MicroStream if you are kind of the person who likes to uh, learn using videos. I know like, if you register to the MicroStream website, you will have like a, a ton of uh, video resources there uh, waiting for you. Uh, and I also encourage you again to visit the uh, MicroStream documentation and the Micron MicroStream guide. Uh, and before we wrap it up, let me thank uh, the sponsors of the Micron Foundation. This podcast is possible uh, thanks to the Micron Foundation's sponsors. So many thanks to uh, Object Computing, uh, which is the ambassador sponsor of the Micron Foundation. Many thanks to MicroStream, which is a silver sponsor of the Micron Foundation, to HyphenQ and Safri.net. Uh, Ambassador Games, all of them uh, bronze sponsor of the Michael Foundation, and also to uh, Gradle uh, Enterprise uh, and JetBrains, uh, both who are uh, tools and infrastructure sponsors of the foundation, and to Oracle, uh, which is an engineering partner of the Michael Foundation as well. 
Uh, so many, many thanks to all of them. Uh, without uh, sponsors, uh, the uh, development and the advocacy of the framework will not be possible. So thanks uh, to all of those. And I would like also to thank uh, Marcus for joining me today uh, for this episode. Um, I was lucky to see uh, Marcus in person a couple of weeks ago in Prague. And that's always uh, nice to uh, meet someone in in flesh uh, <laughs> after all these uh, online meetings. Uh, so many thanks, Marcus, for joining me today. Uh, is there any place else that you would like to point people to uh, to learn more about Microstream? On our website, microstream.one, uh, you can find um, great documentation and uh, examples and also the code is on github uh, and on github we also have a bookstore demo uh, you can check it out and um, yeah try to implement your own queries uh, and uh, can see how microstream works with uh, full text search um, with lucene for instance so this is uh, what uh, many developers ask for how can i build indexes um, comparable to relational database indexes so you can do whatever uh, java provides so and there is an example you can check it out uh, you can build your search uh, service with uh, microstream and lucene together and if anything is missing in uh, microstream check out the great java ecosystem um, almost everything is there. So if you want to have uh, allow third-party applications access to your uh, Micronaut, Microstream application, you can use GraphQL, for instance. So uh, you can combine almost everything that's provided by the Java ecosystem and uh, build great applications. Um, yeah, and to, to wrap up um, for us, it's thanks for having me, uh, Sergio. It was fantastic, and uh, thanks for the opportunity to talk about Microstream. And uh, for us, it's fantastic to be able to give something back to the Java community to uh, work on open source projects. Um, uh, and, and by the way, most people ask, how do you earn money? So it sounds great, but how do you earn money? So we provide this cluster solution. This is a proprietary software and with a cloud solution, a software as a service, we earn money. So this is the reason why we can really open source the complete framework, uh, complete open source microstream and give it to the Java community and uh, talking about conferences. This is our passion. So, and very, very important for us. And the best currency for us is give us feedback. So if you check out microstream, give us feedback, start us on GitHub. Um, yeah. And so thank, thanks, uh, thanks to the community and uh, thanks for having me. I would like to uh, wrap it up with, um, so one, one thing that Marcus said, so Microsteam is open source. Uh, I'm going to include a link in the show note uh, to the GitHub uh, repo. Microsteam has been sponsoring many, many conferences through this year, contributing a lot back to uh, open source, not just in terms of like them open sourcing the, their code technology, but also like uh, sponsoring a conference, which uh, without the sponsors of conference, the conference will not be possible with the attendees ticket price. Uh, so many, many thanks. Uh, thank everyone for listening to this episode and we uh, listen to each other uh, soon. Thank you. Mm -hmm.